Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Even when I mess up, even when I'm not faithful, God is still faithful. In the book of John 19 and 30, it says this, when Jesus Christ had tasted of the, of the wine, the, the bitter vinegar, when he was on the cross, it said he, he hung his head, or it says this, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up the spirit. The work that he started from when he was born came down to the time when he was on the cross. And he said, look, I'm a finisher. It is finished. Drop the mic. Apostle Paul was only able to say this because he knew what he had started, he had finished. And he said this, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. So what I'm sitting here thinking is, you can't be faithful unless you're a finisher. <laughs> when you're committed, you don't quit. When you're committed, you're faithful. When you're committed, you're a finisher. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10, 12. I'm reading this out of the message Bible. It's great. I love it. So here's what I think. The best thing you could do right now is to finish what you started last year and not let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You got what it takes to finish it up. So go to it. That's encouraging. Like, listen, your heart's in the right place. You had a heart to start. Does it sound familiar? You had a heart to start, but guess what? Somewhere along the way, you felt like you lost the heart to finish. But your heart's been in the right place all the time. I want to give you guys an important truth. It's not about, it's not, it's not so important about how you start things but it's about how you finish it. Because the start may be rocky. The start could be troublesome. But how you finish is what counts. Now, last week, praise God, my wife preached an awesome message. Praise God. And, 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 and she asked us this very important question. She said, what's in your wallet? And I, and I began to think, you know, because most people, guys carry their wallets in their, in their back pocket, and women carry their wallets in their purse but I believe she was talking about what's in your heart. What, what's inside of you? Sometimes we need to do a heart check. She said, everybody has a heart to start, but not everybody has a heart to finish. And as, that, as she began to preach it, 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 it hit my spirit. And I said, why don't we have a heart to finish? And I'm going to tell you why. It's because we haven't fully committed ourselves to the work of God. Well, how can you say that, Pastor? How can you come up with that? Because Proverbs 16 and 3 says this. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. So it's telling me to commit my work. Whatever I'm doing, I need to commit it to God. Not commit it to the ministry. Not commit it to the pastor. Not commit it to the people, but commit it to God. And then he will establish our thoughts. When we don't commit our work unto God, we begin to get weary because we aren't seeing the fruit that we think we should see. 
Have you guys ever worked hard at something? You're like, man, I'm just not making a change. This thing still looks the same. You guys ever been there? And because you see that, you begin to think, you begin to think that you're not doing any good. Or you begin to think this isn't working. But when you commit your works to God, it says God will establish your thoughts. That means he will make sure that you're not thinking. You're going to say, I'm going to keep working because I know that the fruit of my labor is going to come forth sooner or later. In due season, I will not get weary. I will faint not. And see, so many of us in here are looking forward to the next season or the next project in our lives without finishing the last season or the last project we started. So the topic of today is basically this. You have what it takes to finish. You have what it takes to finish. See, now this topic that we're talking about can also go with finish what you started. And there's this problem that we have of, of unfinished business. It's really a twofold part in every Christian's life. And, and I want to break this down to you because the first part in this dichotomy that we have here is the project. First one is the project. Now, under the project, when I say project, when we don't finish things, this is why the project is the first part is called project. What I say under that, under the projects are ministries, dreams, plans, programs, enterprises, undertakings, ventures, ideas, concepts, or schemes. When we start any project, we see it in its entirety. When I want to start a business, I don't see myself starting the business. I see myself prospering in the business. When God gives you a vision, when God showed them the land of milk and honey, they showed them the land of milk and honey. They saw the giant fruit, and they, they saw the, the fertile lands, and they saw all these great things, and them living, and them are prospering. But what they didn't see is the giants. What they didn't see is the battles that they were going to have to take. But God showed them this vision in its entirety. So when we take on a project, whether it's ministry, whether it's a business, whether, no matter what it is, we always see it in its finished work. We see it in its success. We don't see it in its finished glory. We don't see the pressure, the problems, and the pain that it takes to even get started. Can I get an amen? See, I wish I had a few honest people here that knows about starting something that you wish you never got into it. If you ever started something and left it and didn't feel bad about it, you need to do a heart check. Because there's times that we get into things, and right when you're in the middle of it, you're like, man, why did I ever start this craziness? Somebody say count the cost. See, we got to count the cost. We got to make sure before we say yes that we mean yes. You know, the Bible says this in Luke 14, 28 through 30. He says, for which of you desiring to build a tower doth not first sit down and count the cost, whether he have wherewith to complete it, lest happily when he hath laid a foundation and is not able to finish all that behold, begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. 
Now, I, I read that mock, and when I think of mock, I think of people looking at somebody that starts something, and they begin to, ha-ha, you didn't finish, ha-ha. But then I begin to think of this, too. Man, why did he even say he was going to help me, and he didn't show up? That guy is not faithful. I'm mocking you. I ain't never going to trust him. I ain't going to ask him to do nothing again because I can't trust him. <laughs> See, once you've seen the project in its entirety, it is now time to start the process to get the finished work done. Watch this. Hebrews 12 and 2 says this. This is New King James Version. Looking unto Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, for whom the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, as is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus, before he said yes, sat down and said, man, I'm going to have to go through all this to get to this. But he didn't set his eyes on the pain. He didn't set his eyes on the suffering. He didn't set his eyes on the despise and shame. He set his eyes on the joy. You have what it takes to finish. The Amplifier says it like this. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive of our belief. And it is also, he is also the finisher, bringing it into maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We start things, and as we start going through it, we look more at the work, we look more at the problems instead of looking at the vision and the dream that God has given us. Why do you think God gives you the dream in its entirety? It's to encourage you as you're going through the problems. When we're dealing with, I'm, I'm just going to share, as ministry, when you're dealing with people, and God, and you can see them, and, and as a pastor, I see people at, at, at a place like, man, God using, that's what I see. I can see it. I'm like, man, you got so much in you, so much potential, so I see it. But then as I'm discipling people, and I see them keep messing up and keep doing this and keep doing that and attitudes and slipping and falling, if I don't keep my eyes focused on what God shows me, I'll give up on that person. And I'll quit. The Bible says you have what it takes to finish. He's given you the vision to keep your eyes focused on. You guys ever, you guys ever said, you, you know, everybody talks about, man, I love those mountaintop experiences. Amen? Who loves being on the top of the mountain? But let's think about, you have to climb up the mountain to get to the top. We don't think about that. We just want to know, I want to be at the top of the mountain. Hey, all right. But how hard is it to climb up a mountain? I remember we used to go to Pina Dobie. You guys, ladies, a lot of ladies remember that. We do those, they do the hard trails. We used to go up those, those trails. And I remember there were times there were people falling out and, and doing everything. I can't do this. I can't do this. Listen, and people sit there and they're with you and they're, tr trust me. When you get to the top, there's another glory waiting at the top for you. Just push through where you're at. Keep pushing. Keep moving. If you can't make it, I'm here to help you. I'll pull you on one side. We'll get somebody else, and we'll do it together. Then they get to the top. I promise you, if you haven't done it, go do it. It's a spiritual awakening as you're pushing your way to it because you get to the top, and all of a sudden you get this new wind, and you look out, and you see things that you can't see. 
You see things you couldn't see while you were in the struggle, but when you got to the top, your eyes are open. You begin to see things that you couldn't see any other time. See, the race isn't over once we get saved. Amen? See, the Christian life is isn't a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Praise God. I just, I'm just sitting here thinking about marathons. If you have never done 26 miles, I'll even give you a 10K. You don't take off sprinting because you ain't going to finish the race. You can try to race, walk all you want. You better slow down. Amen. <laughs> the second part to this, praise God. I got ahead of myself. The second part of this is okay, no, I got ahead of myself. I'm sorry. Somebody say count the cost. We got to make sure before we start anything that we think about it first. That's why I want to look at people and I ask people to do stuff. I don't expect them right away to tell me. Think about it. Because when you say yes, I'm going to be all over that yes. <laughs> be on it. That's why I like to tell people, listen, okay, look, I need you for this ministry. Matter of fact, I, I'm going to talk about the Never Alone uh, Juvenile Hall. It's not just Juvenile Hall. It's Prison Inreach Outreach. And... Uh, Andre Davis is doing it. And I remember we sat down and we talked. He said, listen, Pastor, and he's been doing this for years. But one of the problems with children is, is children suffer from an abandon issue. That they, They're constantly abandoned. A lot of these kids in, in prison are, are people in prison. Somebody's abandoned them somewhere, so they deal with abandonment issues. And the church is supposed to be the stable ground. But what happens is a lot of times is us in the church, we keep going to the jails and keep going to the jails. And eventually, like, ah, okay, I'm done. Or we don't say anything, and then this one day we don't show up. And, and because we're, un we're uncomfortable, or we don't feel like it, well, we don't realize the repercussions. So Dre was telling me, he says, look, I'm not going to ask anybody to join this ministry unless they understand that I need people that will be there for these kids. It's not about supporting my ministry, because Dre honestly has been doing this for a very long time, with the church and without the church, he on his own, who was a full-time employee, a married man with children and grandchildren, goes into the juvenile house, goes into the prisons, writes letters constantly to hundreds of youth by himself. He's not looking for anybody to help him build a ministry. He's looking to touch these kids, and he's looking for people that have the same attitude to finish what they started. So he tells you, look, man, this is what's going to cost you. So before he looks at he said, look, before you say yes, consider this. Once you consider it and you say yes, he's going to be all over that yes. We're going to San Quentin next week. I remember you said yes. We're sitting in front of the lifers. You said yes. Remember your yes to me isn't really a yes to me, but your, your yes is really a yes to God. Do all things as un to the Lord. 
Now, the other part of this unfinished work is this. It's called the process. Now, once you've seen the project in its full entirety, now it's time to start the process it gets to do to, to finish this work. Watch this. We see it in its entirety. We start the process, but we don't look at the finished work. We look at the work we're doing now. And because we look at the work we're doing now, we will get weary and well-doing. You guys with me? You ever, you ever, you ever had that, that, you start something, you ever, you start putting furniture together? Has anybody been to Ikea? Anybody bought any Ikea furniture? It's like, they don't need this part. As I said before, the Christian life isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. Salvation is just the beginning. Salvation is more than just fire insurance. Salvation is the beginning of a lifelong relationship with Jesus Christ, and it continues till eternity. Jesus made it possible for us to have a relationship with him. You have what it takes to finish that relationship. The Christian life isn't, a, isn't about sets of rules and regulations. The Christian life isn't, isn't about uh, uh, stuffs and facts and informations that we get in our head. The Christian life is about learning to love Jesus more and more every day. It's not about the work, you guys. It's about what's at the end. Because in the end, we get Jesus. That might not be much to you right now. I, I, I mean, you know, because a lot of us are like, look, I'm living this Christian life because at the end of it, I want to make sure that God blesses me. Well, he is going to bless you. Because when you have Jesus, you don't need anything else. And But see, see we, we forget about these things because we're like, man, I'm pursuing something else instead of Christ. I started this walk with Jesus, but I'm going to put it on hold for a second so I could pursue this walk, this, my career, or I could pursue this relationship. And we never finished what we started. But if we just seek the kingdom of God first in all of his righteousness, he said, I'm going to add these things to you but you got to finish what you started. we got to learn how to love him. we got to learn how to become more like him. we got to learn how to start living like him. So as I bring this to a close, Scripture in Romans 12, chapter 1, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your entire ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, going to work, and walking around in life and place it before God as an offering. See, when you lay your life down for God, you're not your own anymore. And when you start to do that work that God has called you to do, you're not going to walk away from it. And when you start getting tired, because it happens, I'll admit it, there's times I get tired. There's times I'm sitting down going like, is anybody getting saved, God? Is anybody changing and God says, no, I don't need you to see what's happening now. I need you to see the joy that I set before you. I need you to see the finish line. I need you to picture yourself coming across that finish line. Stop looking at what's going on right now and start to look at what's going on down the road. Remember, just because you started the race well doesn't mean you're going to finish well. I was in sixth grade, and I was running around, and this, the, this track coach saw me running. I'm, I'm really fast, real fast. I was real fast. 
And I remember the track coach came and says, hey, man, we got this race coming up. You want to run? I'm like, yeah, man, I'll run. I'll beat anybody. Fast. <laughs> Knew I was fast. I ran track. Running track since I was little. Won awards. Fast. So he said, okay, I want you to be at this place. I need Rockville Park. I need you to be there Saturday, 8 a.m. I'm going to put you on this, in this track. You're going to represent the school. I said, I'm down. Came home, told my mom and dad. I said, Mom, Dad, I'm about to run this race for the school. I want y'all to be there. So my mom is excited, Dad. They get there. So I get there and I got my little stuff on, I'm getting ready, looking at everybody. I'm like, <laughs> I should have known something was up because I was the only colored child out there. No big deal. I am. I'm fast. Beat them all. You catch me. Sit on your marks. Get down. I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, how can they get down? You're set. Okay, there ain't no lanes. I, I don't understand. I take off. Running. Leaving the pack. The guy that we're supposed to follow was an adult who was leading us around so we know where to run because it's a, it's a trail. I pass him up. I'm fast. Got it. Got it. Running. Slave feet. Running. Right? And I was like, where is the finish line? If my mom tells you, this is a true story. My mom tells you, she goes, Man, I ain't never seen you run. So she goes, you done took off. I saw you running, and, and you running up and down hills. And then she goes, I saw one hill, and you ran, and then I didn't see you anymore. <laughs> I ran so fast, and I ran out of steam. And I sit over. <sighs> and all of a sudden, I see the pack coming. And I wanted to start taking off, but I was like, okay, I can't do this again. <laughs> They passed me up. I tried to run with them. I was done. And then I got discouraged because the pack had caught up and passed me. And I got so discouraged that I wouldn't even walk the rest of the track because now I was embarrassed. So I remember I, I started walking. <laughs> it's over. I'm walking. I ain't going to the trail. So I started walking over the hill. My mom says, I kept looking for you, looking for you. And all of a sudden, here I came over the hill. The race is over now, Okay. Everybody else came in. I'm running, walking walk over there. And my mom said, what happened? I said, I don't know, Mom. I just, I didn't know the race was that long. And a lot of us are the same way in our lives and with ministry. We're so excited. We let our, our emotions take over and what we think we know. Yeah, you might have been fast at that race, but this is a different race. And God's telling us, look, I'm not looking for you to start sprinting. There's a lot of times I'm telling you right now, there's, there's people in here and you know who you are. I'm not even going to look at you. You came to this church and you were hit the ground. You were ready to start sprinting. And my wife and I looked at you and go, slow down. Take your time. We know what's in you. It's obvious. We can see, but just slow down. Because this is going to be a long race. This is a lifelong race. 
and, and, and what we do is we've sprinted and we sprinted and then we get tired because we didn't see the finish line. We took off in the race not knowing where the finish line was. And we get tired and then when we see other people growing, other people getting promoted, other people moving, there's people that ain't even from your own school but from other schools that are passing you up. There's people from your other churches and people from other jobs and your friends you grew up with and all these things are, they seem to be doing better than you, but because you took off and sprinted, you're not going to finish the race. See, God begins the process of perfecting, of perfection in us. And what he's doing is moving us to be more like him and to be the process of conforming us into his image. And as the scripture said, the best thing we could do is to finish what we started. God's not going to bless your next venture until you keep your commitment from the last one. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. There's, there's times that I, I have actually committed to something and I hung with it for a long time and I was like, I hate that I said yes. Hate it. But I remember praying about it, praying about it, and then I went to that person. I said, look, man, uh, I can't do this anymore. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have never said yes. And it was odd because the person looked at me and said, you know what? I've been praying about you because I've noticed a little bit of difference in your run. He said, and the Lord told me to release you, release you from this. And I was like, thank you so much. I'm just going to stick to serving over here. Can't do that anymore. But that's what we have to do, you guys. We have to go to the Lord and say, God, you said in your word that I have what it takes to finish. I have what it takes to cross that line. You guys, you know when God made you, he made you a masterpiece? But like every masterpiece, there's always a starting point. Every artist starts off, before he starts chiseling, he sees in his head what he wants to start chiseling. So he starts chiseling a block of wood or rock, and he starts chiseling. But what he keeps in his head is the finished process as he's working. And if he gives up on what he sees and he just looks at man, this doesn't look nothing like what I thought it would look like by now, and he could walk away and it'll never become a masterpiece. But if he keeps working and keeps chiseling, and keeps hammering, and keeps breaking stuff off of us, eventually that masterpiece is a finished work. An artist is able to see the finished work before it starts. Listen, you guys, you may have good excuses to quit, but that doesn't mean you have to use them. You may have the best excuse in the world, to quit what you started, but you don't have to use it. God said today, you have what it takes to finish. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.